The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the star you are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at be the star you are.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, hello there, party partners. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are happy you are with us again this week. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And surprise, surprise, we are both in the same studio today. (laughs) Normally I'm in San Francisco, she's in San Diego, and with the... Miracle of modern technology, we meld together, but today we are together, which is marvelous. We've got a great show lined up for you. In the first section, we're going to be talking about yoga, the Indian discipline of balance, meditation, and exercise for body, mind, and spirit. And then uh, author Nadine Fry will share her journey of pain, abuse, and stormy relationships to the realization of power with her book, Only the Strong Survive. And then finally, it's cute and not precious, but it's a little bit sassy. It is The Confessions of a Debutante, a Rebel Debutante. It's a memoir. It's really very funny. And that will be in our third segment. The Miracle Moment is brought to you by Carmony Collections. That's Carmony with a K. Collections with a K. Go to CarmonyCollections.com. And that is for handmade handbags, canvases, and totes. What this world needs is a new kind of army, the army of being kind, and that is from Cleveland Armory. Well, yoga, it refers to the traditional physical and mental disciplines that originated in India. The word is associated with a meditative practice in in many different disciplines, uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, Jainism, but it also is in the practical use today because it has really been shown to help us with our mental, verbal, and physical activities. Heather is a huge advocate of yoga, actually practices it every single day, and so she is our resident expert. Heather, Heather tell us about yoga and the benefits and the breathing and everything that we should know. Oh, yes. So as most of you have known, I've become uh, our Heather health enthusiastic, and mostly with women's health, reproductive health. And oddly enough, what led me to yoga was through um, my job with Planned Parenthood of working in my reproductive health. Um, is a patient of mine had uh, influenced me. And now I must admit, I have taken yoga classes before, but it was via through a regular gym, not a specialized practice studio only devoted to yoga. And when I would take it... Um, not to name any name brand uh, workout facilities, 
but just staying in a regular facility that um, uh, basically it was an aerobics teacher teaching it. And I would take the, the yoga class, and I thought, eh, you know, that this is cool, but I have no idea why people are so into this thing called yoga. And I had a patient of mine recently who turned me on to this amazing studio called Core Power Yoga. Um, not to plug into them, but um, they're slowly becoming a chain, but it, it has transformed my life in the past three months. And I went there. I was given a one-week free pass, and I figured it's free. You know, might as well just try it. And from day one, I was a believer. Now, they're very big about saying a yoga is not a religion, and then the creed of it is that it's fixed on your own. It has nothing to do with God, nothing to believe with the higher power. It's all an internal um, power you find within yourself. And, yeah, and I think that's important, Heather, because a lot of people, when they even hear the word yoga, just because of where it originated, they immediately think that it has some kind of religious connotation. So what you're really saying is it it has nothing to do with religion. No, it's it really has, more about physical strength and it, meditation. I'm getting in touch with your body. I must say, it, but I joke to people, the way I have um, become so devoted to it is I, I, I joke with people that it is my religion that it's kind of how in, in my life I feel I'm a spiritual person. And it's kind of becomes yoga is, in a sense, the religion and the spirit of yourself. You are devoting um, the time of your practice to the temple of you, that you are cleansing, you are making sure that this is the purest, most proudest thing. And that is really, really, if, you know, if you're someone who finds no religion, is to find a religion within yourself. Oh, I like that, and I like the idea that it's the temple of you. Exactly. You know, we could all use a temple. And it's about creating yourself and making yourself so pure. So, you know, the whole system with yoga is built upon um, three main structures, and it's exercise, breathing, and meditation. And the exercise of yoga is put into the pressure of of your glandular system, uh, and that increases the efficiency of your total health. Um, now, different studios different, um, go in different ways, and there's actually hundreds of different forms of yoga. Um, but um, one you might be familiar with is the Brickham Yoga, where they, they keep the rooms at almost 120 degrees or something. But uh, the- well, tell, tell us a little bit about that one, because, you know, people talk about that one, but it sounds really hot to me. Well, and as I was saying, is the Brickham, I, that used to appeal to me, because ideally before I had started yoga, my idea of a workout was weights, was running miles, was sweating, was, you know, you're hating it when you're doing it, um, but you're wreaking the benefits, you know, and uh, not at all. With yoga, I have felt the most amazing transformation, and it's core power yoga, so it's the whole focus of having a core. Now, I've worked, I've always been athletic. I've worked out my entire life. I always joked about being a gym rat. You know, when we'd go on vacation, I would not stay in a, but while picking a hotel, it would depend if they had you know, a workout facility. If they didn't, you know, that hotel was not to my standards. Which is just the opposite of me, all you listeners, is I'm not a gym person at all. I much prefer to be, as you already know, I love to be outside in the garden, taking a walk, a hike, but anything other than being in a gym. <laughs> and, and what I'm going to say is that yoga has transformed me. Is that yoga, yoga is your own religion, your own strength, and it's your own workout studios. That all you need is your mat. I mean, really, you can do it without a mat, but just for more stability, it's a lot easier with a mat. Um, for me, I go one hour six times a week um, out of the seven-day week, and it's just devoting that one time to you and your own strength. And, and just, as they always say, you know, push yourself. You should feel... Um, you know, resistance, you should feel a, 
you know, that kind of to your limit, but never pain. And they always, you know, they will always show you a technique as well as show you um, a variation of it. So for a lot of people that have sciatic pain in their lower back, um, yoga is an amazing, I must say, uh, for, I've never, when I was younger, I was a gymnast, and I used to have amazing flexibility. Well, and you're and, also a swimmer, too. But yes, but as I grow, grew older, you know, I never would stretch before I would work out. And at work, people would joke about, I would reach for a paper or something, and the slightest stretch, you're kind of reminded, like, God, oh, stretching feels so good. And also, my view of yoga, I thought all it was was humming and breathing and stretching, and it sounded quite boring to me until I took this, is that it's so about the breathing, it's so about they play amazing music, and just really, as I said, getting into tune with your own body, with Let's your own Let's talk breathing. about the breathing, Heather, because the breathing is very specific, isn't exactly. it? So as I was mentioning before, as the three um, key components of yoga, exercise, breathing, and meditation, and I already explained with the, with the exercise, so breathing techniques are based on the concept that breathing is the source of life within the body. And a yoga student generally increases the breath control to improve the health and the function of both the body and the mind. And the big thing when I first started is they always say oceanic breath. And there's something, you know, you feel, I think a lot of times in life we um, mute ourselves. There's, you don't, you yawn and you apologize or, you know, taking that deep breath. And in yoga, it's about breathing through the nose and these deep, you know, moans almost, these oceanic breaths. Heather, is it a bit like, you know how I teach in my acting classes, the belly breathing, and then I teach the moan breath, which is you getting out all the frustration. It's in through the nose, out through the mouth, but you let it all hang out when it comes. And it sounds almost... Primordial. It sounds like you're giving birth. Is that the same kind of thing? With yoga, it's a little bit less of like, oh, it's more. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's oceanic. But it's the re- they always say, you know, release that stale energy, that stale air. And with the, inc- with the heat of the room and the increase of, um, you know, the classes I take, they always have this amazing music. And it's not the, you know, just wind chime coming. It's really... You know, when you hear music and it has a nostalgic feeling, they have this fantastic music. The only voice you're hearing um, is the sound of the teacher, and they always have these soothing voices and instructing you. And it very much is, though, when you're in a class with other people, it is very much, as I said before, it's your internal self. You are focusing on you. And I have to say, when I first got my first class, I was a little shy about letting out those deep breaths. And then over time, I love when I'm, and you hear everyone else, and you're, you almost have this sense of, oh, I want to be as loud as them. I want to be able to push yourself. And when you're pushing your body to that extent, when they say you should never feel pain, but you should be, you know, I, you know your body's own limit. You know, so push to the point um, where you know you can't go any further, but don't, don't uh, go past that. I have a question, Heather. Um, I mean, I've done some yoga, but not to the extent of you. When you said that you you want to do, you hear everybody else and you kind of want to emulate what they're doing, is yoga a group kind of practice? Because I always think of it as an individual, um, you know, form of exercise, balance, meditation, well, body think, movement. I think for anyone who's interested in getting involved with it, I think um, it teaches you it teaches you the practice of become because as it is it, even if you take it in a group surrounding it is about the self but i think in order to first get involved with it 
for me, I knew I needed that group thing that I, I am not the person that if someone tells me we are going to be somewhere for one hour, you are trapped in this room, you cannot say a single thing, you cannot get up to leave, and you are stuck there, I would think, oh, no way. But um, for me, it was really that group thing of hearing it from the teacher, seeing other people's uh, devotion. And I think I best recommendation, find, as you know, we're always those girls on a budget, you know, trying to find things that a lot of places is they want you to get involved is they will offer a free week pass. That's how I became a member of my current studio is I had a, a week pass, and I thought, you know what, it's free, so I'll either take it and I'll love it or I'll take it, and yeah, it didn't cost me anything. And that's what a lot of things is that you have that take, you know, find or find coupons. You do a, a weekly discount trial of something and see if it is for you. Um, so you don't sign up for some big package and then realize, you know, I don't have the time or I really don't enjoy this. Yeah, that's a really great idea, but, especially in this economy. Exactly. But for you, you know, is now, as I said, is I'm only only able to go six times a week. Um, with, with my job, I go first thing in the morning. I get up at 5 to take a 6 a.m. class, which I have to say I was never a morning person, but you have no excuses when it's that there that early and you feel so invigorated. Um, but, you know, I think once you learn the techniques, then you can do your own practices. They make home videos, and uh, you can get books and read all this stuff. But I think um, you can always have your own self-meditation, always at your, your own home can be your own studio. But I think the most important thing is to understand what you're doing and make sure you're doing the correct moves. Because um, some people may just, you know, what I thought was yoga before, what, once I learned it, so many things wrong, and you don't. You never want to injure yourself. You never want to push yourself or do incorrect moves. And I, so I think it's very um, invaluable to take a class or take some studio or just you know, take some learning wise to find out um, the correct move so that you don't injure yourself and that you truly find you know that self rejuvenation. Um, which I have to say is which brings it to the meditation aspect of it. Um, now I don't know if uh, if it's just the way my body feels or it's the fact that the classes I take are in, you know, 100 degrees set temperature, but there's so much of the physical sense, how amazing you feel, but the, the meditation, the mental sense. Never have I felt so much energy in my life and not energy and that hyper running all over of that I can get from, you know, morning, getting up at 5 to going to bed at 11 midnight and still and feel that energy all day long and feel well, very You calm. know what I see that's different is I feel that you feel very grounded and very balanced and at the same time you're energetic. Exactly. So it is a really nice uh it's a nice thing to see because it's something that you you have plenty of enthusiasm still. It's not like you're just sitting around going, um... Exactly. Is that, you know, I, people always joke that I have the, the inner hippie, but it's definitely a, a grounding thing is that I feel very, very calm. And I recommend this to anyone is that um, if you're just looking for, you know, for better stretching, then they always ask me if you're looking for new flexibility, mental strength, physical strength, is to try out yoga. As I said, look for coupons or just a three-week pass um, allow yourself, and they always say not at the ending, their ending bow is namaste, and that means bow. I bow to the teacher and you as you bow to the teacher and me, is that we are all our own students and our own teachers. So I recommend to everyone go out there, um, take a class from the teacher, be the student, and then take it home with you and be your own teacher. Well, got it. With that, we're going to say namaste, give namaste. out the website. 
Most definitely. If you want to uh, find out more, some great reading, great set of information about the radio show, the foundation, everything, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org, BeTheStarYouAre.com, and MySpace.com forward slash Carmine Clutches, both with a K. Well, when we return from break, you're going to hear a story of survival. Despite the challenges in life, author Nadine Fry triumphs with her book, Only the Strong Survive. Stay with us. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And we'll be back in just a bit. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting Be the Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll free at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Or send an email to info at be the star you are.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, we are here together, believing that information infused with inspiration has the power to transform and change lives. Be the Star You Are is committed to providing positive role models for youth and adults. Consider making a donation to Be the Star You Are that broadcasts this radio program. And keep yourself informed, encouraged, and edutained with our fabulous guests. Go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. We're talking about transformation, changing lives, and role models. Nadine Fry has been through many challenges in her life. She calls them the storms of life, from sexual abuse at the hands of a stepfather to physical and mental abuse in a teenage marriage, Raising a son with cerebral palsy, caring for a husband of 20 years with cancer. Nadine developed fibromyalgia. She learned to suffer through the pain, but to parlay the emotions and to help others. 
She has written three books. Uh, count them. Three. One, two, three. But the one we're talking about today is Only the Strong Survive. She does not only survive, she thrives. Welcome, Nadine, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank so, you for having me. I am so impressed with you because from your memoir, your first, your book here of, of talking about your challenges and your struggles, we also learn that you have two more books that you have written. You'll continue read, uh, writing them, but that you also have a daycare uh, center with over 130 children and 18 employees that you trained yourself. So you are truly, truly a success story. Yes, I am. But God is a success story. I'm just and that's what a you want me that to know is that it was through your faith and <laughs> your prayer that got to this. Will you tell us a little bit about, you know, how you had to learn the lesson of forgiveness and, and what you talk about in your book? You say that you, were, you thought you were stressed out, but you were stressed in. I thought that was a great analogy. Yes, I was, like you said, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, but the pain medicine wasn't doing anything for me. So the Spirit of the Lord one night said, you know what, that pain medicine is not going to do anything for you mm-hmm. because you are not stressed out. You're stressed in. The things that's inside of you that you've been kept inside of you all of your life, you need to get it out. And that's when the pain has stopped. So well, I started you know- fasting and praying and wondering how to get it out because I, I didn't want to talk about it because I would hurt so many of my sisters and brothers. They didn't know about their father, and I didn't want them to think they were the same way. And I was very protective over them. So I said, you know what, I'm going to start writing, and I'm going to write a book. And that's how Only the Strong Survive came about. But the strength that I'm talking about is not my strength. It's the Holy Spirit, God inside of me. That's the strength. Because like Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So the Holy Spirit inside of me is the one that's strong. It's not me, because I am weak without God. But, you know, Nadine, um, I want to ask you how you got to the point of really surrendering and saying, you know, I, I can't take it, God. You take over. Because I think what happens with so many of us is that we keep fighting, keep fighting. We keep trying to fix things. We keep trying to make it better, but it doesn't, and it's only when we surrender that things get better. So how, exactly. what was your turning point? Exactly. Well, I went through so many things. My son was cerebral palsy. My husband died of cancer, and he fought that two-year-long battle with cancer that he eventually lost. But that two years of taking care of him, I stayed into my words and talking to God and wondering why was things happening to me. And he let me know then. Because in the operating room, when the doctors came out and said that um, my husband had six months to live, I started yelling and screaming, I can't do without him. I can't I live without my husband. I know. I, I, read, I read that part, <sighs> and it just made me cry. It just said that you broke down in front of your children. You were screaming and crying. Yes. And it was like, oh, God, what am I going to do? He's all I've got. But, I, but then, Cynthia, I never said God. Mm-hmm. I only said I can't do without him. Yes, yes. And then when I started taking care of him, God said, well, what about me? You never mentioned me. And that's when I surrendered. And I got it. I finally got it. Well, you know, I, I, have, I have this belief system, Nadine, that so many of us that we have to have a major challenge in our life before the light is turned on or before we find our core or our spirit. Mm-hmm. But with you, you had so many challenges, and it took you until the death of your husband. Because, see, God wanted me to be experienced at witnessing. 
Uh-huh. You see, when I go to different people, parents in my daycare, and I can say I've been through what you've been through, they'll listen. Because you can't tell me that you can understand a husband dying of cancer unless it happened to you. No, I agree with you. So all the things that happened to me, I finally got it. It was for someone else. It wasn't for me. Everything that God allows to happen to us is so we can be experienced and can be able to witness to others and say, I've been through what you've been through. And then they will listen. And by writing the book, you have written, it was an incredible catharsis that you really felt like it was an inc- a great release and that you were really serving, you know, you were really serving the best, the best of you by writing what your experiences had been. Yes, yes. And what, what, how do you feel now that you've not only done this, but you're now, you, know, you, have, to, you have two more books? I, I feel good about it because what God has let me do, I, I, never, I wasn't a writer. I wrote these three books in one year because under the influence of God. So now that I know it, and I wrote about my son, because, see, my son's life was my life, too. Mm-hmm. So I had to keep him and alive. And that had to be extremely challenging. <laughs> yeah. and, but, you know, I started liking, right? I started being able to like it. So then I thought about it one night. I said, well, what would have happened to me if I didn't know God? So that's how Ariana's Revenge came out. Ariana's Revenge is a young girl that left home, and she didn't know the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that's how I came up with my third book. And I feel good about it because God has given me something now that I really and truly like doing. I always was destined to write, but I love it now. Well, I think that your story is is very fascinating because there are so many people that have deep stories, that have have really, you know, been through a lot in life. And I always hear people say, Oh, I should write a book. Well, you know, there was no should or could. You just do or you do not. And so to me, you're a role model for someone who wasn't a writer, who had just lived through literally hell and came around to the fact that you can, you can make it through this. Yes. And, and you became a writer, and not just a writer, but a, an author of three books. Yes. So your example is one that other people can emulate. The bottom line is, is that when it's, when it is time to do it, you have to just do it. You have to just do it. Yeah. You have to just do it. Yeah, and so what has the response for you uh, been now? How are you? Are, I know you want to continue writing as well. Yes. Yes. What brings your uh, topics to you? Now, of course, the three books that you have so far written are literally um, biographical in a way. You know, one autobiographical about your journey and then about your son and then um, Adriana. But what do you, do you think, do you have an idea of what's in the future? Yes. Uh, it'll be, Ariana's Revenge will be a series. Uh, it goes from her to her, uh, a child that was left by a mother that was on drugs. And then the child would grow up and he would try to find his father and it'll just go on and go on and go on until Ariana's going to end up saved in the end. I'm just what I'm doing is I'm just letting God lead me as I write to tell me what He wants me to do next. So you're really a vessel. Thank you so much. Yes, that's what it, you I know. You're I want to be used by word. God. I want to be used by God. Yeah. And I have so many parents that walk in the door, and I can tell something's wrong, and I can stop them and pray with them. Because now I know. I know the look of when you got sunglasses and your husband beat you or the look of holding your stomach because no, you don't want anybody to know you're pregnant. Those looks, I know. The battered look, the children, my 153 children, I know that look in their eye when they're being abused. Mm. And I want others to know that a child that's distant 
It's not the child that's abused. It's the cuddly child that's being abused because they think it's love to touch, be touched. If you don't touch me in the family, if you don't touch me as a family member, you don't love me. Those are the children to watch, the ones that's real cuddly, not the one that's standoffish. That and I want to be able to help mothers and, and let them know that talk about it. If you can't tell it, tell someone that can talk about it for you. And Your that is very important information, Nadine, because I think that we have an almost an epidemic of abuse going yeah. on in America t- today. Yeah. And we're not just talking sexual abuse, but emotional and mental and, of course, physical abuse. Yeah. And unfortunately, people are afraid to report it or don't know how to deal with it or they're embarrassed. And so having someone like you that can recognize it and hopefully counsel them of what to do and how to do the right thing and how to respond, this is a definite service to the community. And that's why I, I'm not, I don't want to go to bookstores to have book signings. I want to go in homes. I start, I'm going to start in my home where the neighbors can come, and I want each one of them to give me a home to go to, someone that's been abused or I need to talk to. I just want to talk to people and tell them and get it out what God has told me to tell them, to talk about it and get it out. It's okay to talk about it. Oh, I like that idea. So it's almost like you want to be part of, you want to create almost a home book club that you would be able to just go in and let people express what they're feeling. Yes, yes. So that you could help them in some way. I want, you have many, many photos in your book, and they're, they're quite interesting what is some of the background, what made you choose certain pictures to put in, and, you know, what was the background for that? Because you well, have wedding photos, and then you just have lots of other, you know, friends and family and action photos. You have lots and lots of pictures. Tell us about the pictures. The pictures is showing. I watched every one of my brothers and sisters through life because I knew I was being abused, and I was trying to be protective and make sure they weren't abused either. So I watched, I was mother over them, which they, they couldn't understand why I kept protecting them. Those pictures are all of my loved ones, 12 brothers and sisters, all of my loved ones were, that were abused in some way that they didn't even know they were being abused. Mm. Those, were, and th- those were my family. My whole family is in the book. And every one of my family comes to me for advice. And sometimes I'll be saying, oh, Lord, help me. Help me because that's, <laughs> Can a, I go that's to a huge burden else? because not only are, do you have the family now, but, but it's a growing family. So yes. you have yes. all the extended people. And I have never wanted in. anyone to feel left out in anything. When I got married, I got everybody in my family was in the wedding. And when I had this book, I just want everybody to feel that, you know what, my sister wrote a book. But I got my picture in that in book. In my picture. So tell us, how have they seen the book yet? Because I know it's just brand new. People can get the book on com. It's called Only the Strong Survive. The author is Nadine Fry, and she spells her name F-R-Y-E. It's, so are people, are they all excited about it? Did I lose you again, Nadine? Okay, I'm back. Okay. <laughs> are they excited about your book? Yes, they are. Um, True Grit came out first about Ray, and right. they like that. They haven't. Some of them haven't seen my book, and some of them don't even know what I went through. But I'm just praying that they understand that it's out of well, love. Well, you are very honest in your book. You tell it like it is. Yes, so, I do. 
Um, do you feel that they're going to understand and say, oh, my gosh, you, you know, they had no idea that this happened to you? or They're you- going to understand everything but about my stepfather because they didn't know. Mm-hmm. And they'll probably say, well, why didn't you tell me? They wouldn't believe me if I, even if I told them because my mother didn't even believe it. So, yeah, you know, see, isn't that the case? Don't you see that with kids that you see that are abused? That, yeah. that it doesn't matter what you say, people still don't believe you. They still don't believe you. That's so, why they don't tell. And, that, and that's why, because you don't want to be told that you are, um, you know, that it's your problem or you're making a mistake or something like that. But you, you feel that it's your fault. You feel like you deserved it. Well, why? You know, did you feel that way, too? You felt, I felt like that way because I loved him. He was my father. Yeah, yeah. And he told me he loved me. So I thought that was love. Uh-huh. And I think that's a, that's a real common thread, isn't it, with people who sexually abuse their children uh, or abuse anyone, is they tell them that this is love. So you start to grow up and right. think that's what you need, that's what you want, that's what love feels like and it feels so yucky that you don't even want to have love around you exactly exactly and how are the kids that you're dealing with today um how in the ones that you know that have been abused how are they how have you been able to help them yes i've been able to help them by this book helps them because a lot of my uh, relatives i've told about the book don't even look surprised Mm. and and it's i'm saying oh my god has it happened to anyone else yes and they're just not saying anything. It's happened to a lot of people. Well, let's give out uh, the website so people can get the book. They can order it online. They can also get it at a bookstore by ordering it. Or is it best to give out the website of exlibri.com? Uh, right now, my book on the Strong Survive is at exlibris.com because it's not online anywhere else because I held it up because my mother passed away on Valentine's Day. And that was my last chapter about my mother. Right, I'm so, sorry, uh, and I, 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 I'm sorry. It's really hard when you lose a parent, too. Yes. So exlibri.com, and then the other three books is that they can I get universe. is uh, True Grit, True Only Grit. the Strong Survives, True Grit. At iUniverse, and it's at Barnes and & Nobles and Amazon.com. Okay, all right. And um, and that is, and then the other one is uh, Ariana's. Ariana's Revenge is being printed as we speak, and it will be at iUniverse, too. Right. Well, thank you so much, Nadine, for being a guest on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank and you. And I wish you great success and keep doing what you're doing because you truly are helping people, and that's what it is all about. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You've been I wish you would be on the airways on all Star over. Style. You're too good just to be online. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. you. I'm Thank have to you. Talk we'll to have somebody. to get it every place. <laughs> Thank you, Nadine. Uh, Thank this you. is Sylvia Bryan at Star Style. Be the star you are. We're going to be doing the Rebel Debutante when we come back from break. Thank Stay you. Stay with us. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. You know how to 
to blow your own horn? Well, you can't sell your services until you sell yourself because people don't buy from companies. People buy from people. But how can people buy from you if they don't know you? You need some publicity. Submit articles and news releases to newspapers and trade publications with information that is useful. Speak at local service clubs, at churches or schools. Partner with compatible people who are in your industry. And when you distribute information about your products, have a personal slant that talks about your mission and your goals. Keep in contact with the potential clients you meet through newsletters or postcards. And when you do get a call, follow up quickly and personally. Keep tooting your own horn, and eventually someone's going to join your band. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit star-style.com. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting Be the Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Are you living Everyone your dreams? Counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, every week, Be the Star You Are showcases authors, artists, and experts who enhance and inspire your life. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 charity dedicated to empowering families, women, and youth at risk through improved literacy and positive message programming, just like this radio show and through some television shows that we do because there is an apathy that is sweeping the country. And as a nation, we have grown accustomed to violence, to chaos, to abuse, and to a plethora of negative influences. And it is so important that we stay focused and that we help one another survive and thrive. Consider making a donation to Be The Star You Are by going to org. 
Well, my engineer, uh, Justin, tells me that our guest is uh, not available at the moment. So I'm going to talk about the book uh, that we have published through Be the Star You Are charity. That's Be the Star You Are for Teens, Simple Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, Learning, and Leading. It is considered a survival guide. And with all the different holidays coming up as far as Mother's Day and graduations and Father's Days, and you want to probably give gifts to teachers and coaches. It is really the perfect gift to give to anyone who works with teens, tweens, in-betweens, or young adults. And so if you're interested in the book, please go to com, and you can buy the book there, and you can also buy the original book, Be the Star You Are, which is for all ages. So com. Well, it looks like Anna Fields has joined us, so we are going to be talking about her Confessions of a Rebel debutante uh, right at the moment. She grew up in the South where there are lots of debutantes and cotillion classes. It's all the finishing school that we heard about. But she was more into fishing, you know, for for catfish, and uh, she was always a, a kind of a tomboy. Although she dreamed of being a Scarlett O'Hara, her name is Anna Fields. The book is Confessions of a Rebel Debutante. Welcome, Anna, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hi, Cynthia. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Well, <laughs> it's so good much. to have you on. It sounds like you you had quite a fun uh, childhood, a, quite a, a funny time, and it's interesting that you wrote this Confessions of a Rebel debutante, especially since you actually, with a girlfriend, were writing this in high school. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I guess I'm not technically a debutante, but I'm, you know, it's sort of a self-proclaimed title. I did go through all the process, but well, you know, I am... Um, I find it fascinating because we're in California, and of course there are debutantes and debbing and all that here, but it's nothing like the South. It, from reading your book, it sounds like in the South that it is, uh, in quotes, I mean, the thing that you do have to do if you want to be part of the society, although I think being a rebel sounds like it's more fun. Yeah. Well, you know, there are tons of debutantes in, in California, and there are some really exclusive and really beautiful deadballs that you guys have out there. Um, but, yeah, in the South, it's very different. You know, it's a much more traditional process, and it's it's the same premise, but some sort of different rules and regulations. Yeah, I have several clients who have been, uh, who are from families, who their, their kids have gone through the whole thing and been debutantes, et cetera. But, you know, what was different, what seemed different to me than what I know from people was it's quite a very big, expensive endeavor, and you give an outline in your book of all the different requirements that you have of all the the balls you have to go to and the lunches and the teas and the rehearsals. It seems yeah. like it, it takes over your life, but yet is it every little Southern girl dreams of this? Um, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of Southern girls who know nothing about it because, you know, it's a very class-based system, you know. But um, but it's kind of like planning a wedding. I mean, yeah, it kind of takes over your life, but um, it's also a really fun experience, you know, once you're through with it. <laughs> you know, you can kind of look back and think, oh, well, now that all the stress is over, look at what a beautiful gown I have. So. Well, the gowns are gorgeous, but they cost you yeah. as a wedding gown. And, you know, one of the things you. that you, you said, though, in your book, I mean, I, I can totally identify with wanting to be Scarlett O'Hara. I mean, who didn't love Gone with the Wind and Clark Gable? I, I know that my parents 
uh, knew Clark Gable, and my grandfather was a good friend of his, and I always thought, gosh, I was born way too late because I just look at that movie, and I, want, I, I also want him to say, you know, I don't, you know, Scarlet, what is it, Scarlet, I don't give a damn or something? <laughs> Quite frankly, my dear, I, I don't give a damn. Yeah, that was a great line. It, it, it but, survived um, all these years for a reason. Yes, but it sounds, too, like uh, that although you didn't become a debutante, there was still that part of you that maybe would have liked to. Tell us yeah, about it. I mean, I, it's kind of like any girl's coming of age. You know, when you're in high school and you're in the trenches and you're learning how to be a, an adult woman, you're growing up, it seems overwhelming, it seems daunting, it seems huber, you know, hellish. But then once you've got, you know, 10 years away from high school like I have, you look back and you think, you know, that wasn't as bad as I thought. And it was really wonderful and special to sort of feel like Cinderella, at least for a day. So there is that part of me that sort of treasures that sort of long ago time, just like in Gone with the Wind, they're sort of looking back on the South and the antebellum. Well, you know, you just said something that when I was reading your book, I always start a book and I usually read the back cover first and see how beautiful. You are so beautiful. And you talk about how you were this little fat girl and you wore glasses and you were the outcast. And my God, you're drop dead gorgeous. Oh, thanks. Well, I, I definitely started out a little bit bigger than I ended up. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I well, think that like that your made mom me a nice good person. Yeah, it definitely kept me humble, that's for sure. <laughs> but you're also so young, and you've been writing for television and soap operas and all of that. You yeah. now have a book out, I mean, and you're just in your 20s. So oh, it's thank not you. that yeah, long ago. That I've you... written for a lot of different soap operas, and... And I got my MFA from NYU, and now I'm writing the screenplay for Confessions of a Rebel Debutante. So I've done a lot, but, you know, it's been a lot of hard work, and I'm very, I'm very blessed and grateful for all the people who have helped me. I've, it has not been on my own by any stretch of the imagination. But so. would you, uh, when, you're, when the screenplay is ready to go, who do you see playing it? I mean, uh, would you want to play yourself, or do you see? Oh, no. <laughs> no. I, I'm not even technically in the movie. Um, <laughs> um, Susan Seidelman's going to be directing it, and, you know, I think oh, that she's, she's going to so super. Life. Yeah, she's got a great eye for casting. So, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of really talented actresses out there. I could see Dakota Fanning playing me, mm-hmm. um, or I guess the, the rebel, I should say, the new kid at school like I was. Um, but, you know, there's there's a lot of young ladies out there, and depending on, you know, when it actually gets made, I, I think we'll have to go for whoever feels the most organic at that time, who can sort of capture that, you know, that Marilyn Monroe and Jackie Onassis kind of combination like a rebel deb is. Yes, so. yes, yes. And who also wants to be Scarlett O'Hara. Well, I know. <laughs> give us some of your tips for young girls who are thinking about uh, being a debutante or have grown up, like, you know, with, with all the stuff that you had where it was kind of the goal. I mean, you really looked forward to it when you were little, and, and I really, really laughed at the different kinds of grandparents that you had. I know. They're very different, huh? They're very, very different, different. Kinds of tracks. Characters, yeah. for sure. Um, so advice that I'd have for young girls who want to be debutantes, I would say that, um, you know, debutantes are, are wonderful. And there's a lot of that tradition and that refinement and that grace and elegance that comes with the tradition of being a debutante. And, but you also want to remember that even if you are 99% debutante, it's great to be at least 1% rebel at heart. It's great to remember that, you know, if you want to be a refined young lady who um, remains a homemaker throughout her life, that's totally fine. That's a wonderful way of life. But don't ever think that that's all that you can be. You know, well, I think that's very important because if you if you don't step outside the box, if you don't take a risk, you never gain anything. You really never learn right. anything. And then right. you'd just be like everybody else. And so one of the things that 
you learned, I think, by being a bit of a rebel, was you were able to grow yourself. And, and of course, you know, you went to live in New York City. I mean, that was a huge change. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people come from smaller places into larger places. You know, moving into that larger place helps you appreciate your roots and helps you appreciate where you came from and those values that you still have. And um, it makes you stronger. And, you know, I, I'm really grateful to have lived on sort of both sides of the fence, as it Well, were. didn't you go uh, back home to your roots where you met your honey, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, half the year I live in New York and half the year I live in Winston-Salem. And and um, and I met um, my long-term boyfriend in, um, in Winston-Salem. It was just really very kismet, you know, in a way. So I just feel like whenever you come home, that's sort of where you, your heart is in a way, and that's certainly where and, I find mine. You know, I think you said something really important. Is that so often we don't appreciate what we have until we don't have it anymore. And then Absolutely. once we step away from it for a while, we really realize that our roots are important, no matter if it was a podunk town or a little farm community or whatever it was, wherever it was, or if it was a big city. It's nice yeah. to do something different, but it's yeah. also great to come back. Absolutely, and one of the things I say in my book is that everywhere is a small town if you live there long enough. Yeah, you know? isn't that true? Well, we're talking to Anna Fields. Her book, it's a memoir. It's Confessions of a Rebel Debutante. I found it fascinating that you started writing down your thoughts, and within a year you had a book, and then you got a book deal so quickly. How did that come about? That's so unusual. I know. I was really, I was really blessed in that way. I I decided I was. Um, there was a writer strike that happened for a, a brief period. Back yes, in I do. I know about it. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I was working for TV, and I couldn't work anymore for that period of time. So I, you know, started writing a book proposal, and I, um, and I got lucky enough to get an, uh, uh, an appointment with an agent um, at Trident Media Group, which is a big one in New York. And thank goodness, like most of my life, when I sat in front of John Silversack, my my now agent, he loved me instead of kicking me out of the room. <laughs> That's been most of my experiences is just having the guts to try something, to sneak in the back way, and then hoping that it went well, and most of the time it has turned out that way. So. You know, but I think there's a lesson in that, isn't there? Is Again, you had to step outside your comfort zone, and, yes. you, and you had to take a risk in going into the agents and then, you know, come what may, but had you not, have you, had you not taken that first step, it wouldn't have happened. Absolutely. I mean, my whole life has been about risks. You know what I mean? My whole life has been one big gamble, whether from Salem or from Wellingham Academy to Brown to Los Angeles and to New York. I've had to really rely on my instincts, my guts, my intelligence, and my bravery. And I feel like that's what young women really need to employ. You know, it's not about your looks. It's and see, not that's about, what you know, I, this is, what you just said, it's yeah. so important, Anna, because that's what I get from the book. It's not about whether you are the head cheerleader or you're the debutante, or you're the queen of the ball. It really is about your courage, and it's it your is. ability to have confidence and self-direction and go with the flow. And that's, Absolutely. And that's and really what you ended up doing. You had a lot of funny stories. I mean, in boarding school yeah. sounded very fascinating. I've never been to a boarding school, but it, it sounds like it's a, a completely different world. It is. It is a different world, but it's a great one. At the time, it's of course, you know, you're a teenager and you hate everything. And there was a lot of punitive rules, and it's a lot of, you know, sort of repressed, you know, old-fashioned traditions. But ten years later, I am so grateful. I mean, I would never have gotten into Brown had I not gone to my boarding school. I would never, not, I wouldn't even be the woman I am today. Yeah, isn't it interesting, though? I, 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 I think it's perspective. Is when we're yeah. teenagers, we are invincible and we are 
immortal, and we just think that the world's against us and we're always right. But when we get just a few years outside, and as you said, you're only a few years outside of your teenage years, about 10 years or something, uh, mm-hmm. that we have the perspective to know, wow, that was a wonderful, wonderful learning curve for me. Absolutely, and I feel like my boarding school, bar none, above Brown and NYU, although those were excellent environments educationally and academically, my boarding school was by far the most challenging academic environment that I've ever been in. It's, so, and it's, it's good yeah. to know. I mean, I'm sure that you probably learned a ton from that. Well, do you have a website that you want to give out? I do. I do. Um, anyone can contact me at rebeldebutante.com or rebeldeb.com. There's a blog, a web page, a shop, and everything accessible. So Rebel. I'd love to have visitors. Let's have people contact you at rebeldeb.com. That's R-E-B-E-L-D-E-B.com. The name of the book is Confessions of a Rebel Debutante. Get on the blog. You can chat with her, and you can figure out and find out when the movie will be coming out. It should be really fun. I think it will be a great movie. Well, Anna, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence. And I think that, you know... Scarlett has nothing on you, girlfriend. Oh, I appreciate that. You know, I hope I've got something on her at this point. (laughs) I think you do. I think you do. It it was really fun. Thanks for joining us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Go to rebeldeb.com, Confessions of a Rebel Debutante, Anna Fields. And thank all of you for being great listeners and being here with me every week on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Remember to go to the charity where we are increasing literacy and encouraging positive media, be the star you are.org. As you go out into the day, remember that no one has ever walked this earth with your exact combination of inborn and acquired strengths and skills and experiences. You really are one of a kind. You're you. You have the power to love yourself and become the person you want to be. Our aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. Read a book this week. Remember, it's a garden in your pocket. Until next week when we celebrate again. I am Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach, and I am delighted that you were with me. Thank you. I encourage you to be the star you are. We'll meet next week. Thanks again for listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information about Be the Star You Are nonprofit corporation, please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. That's BeTheStarYouAre.org. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember, to be a leader, you must be a reader. Enjoy a stellar week. You're a seeker, a dreamer.